Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host, and this podcast exists to help you improve your communication skills. Whether you communicate one-on-one, to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we know that when we improve our communication skills as leaders, it exponentially changes everything. It improves our relationships, it improves our leadership skills, and it improves our business skills. So let's get ready to dive into this next episode. Well, what happened to the fun in your life? Let me let me keep asking some questions. Do you still have fun? Do you find yourself wondering, wait a minute, I, I used to be someone who had fun. This was a part of my life. I enjoyed laughter. But then life happens, right? All the daily demands, they kind of overshadowed your creativity, all that sort of stuff just kind of disappeared from your life and really more importantly, your leadership. So the question is, today we want to get to on this podcast episode is, how can we make fun a habit? And I'm so excited because we are going to interview the author of this uh, phenomenal book, and I'll, uh, I've told him in person, and I'll tell him again, I, I love this because I've always wanted to write a book about fun, and he did it, and, and it cover to cover. I've loved it, and so we get to talk with Mike Brennan about uh, how to make fun a habit, creativity. And what I love about Mike is he is a speaker, an author, an artist, and a creative consultant. We're going to have just an absolutely fantastic conversation. Mike, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here today, literally. I I love it. I'm, you know, at this point, I'm going, wait a minute, I lost my opportunity. I should have had poppers. I should have had balloons go off. (laughs) Like, I, I mean, this is... You know, this is fun. I love love to be able to have this conversation. Well, before we hop into the conversation, I would love if you just take some time, you know, tell our listeners about you, your story, where you're from, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll try and keep it as concise as I can uh, because I feel like I've lived many times, uh, many different lifetimes in one life so far. But uh, as far as my creative abilities and as an artist, that really started when I was a kid. Um, you know, I was watching cartoons uh, and being enveloped in those worlds, comic books, things like that. And I was drawn to, pun intended there, uh, <laughs> drawn to these characters in these worlds. And I was like, I want to create these things. So I started emulating, right? I started mm. copying these things. And it was really more about these characters than it was about the actual technical drawing abilities and all that. Like, I didn't really know who was drawing what behind the scenes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I didn't really care about that stuff. I cared about how these cartoons made me feel and Mm. the connections they made and realized very quickly that as I'm creating things and I'm giving it away, I'm creating connections too. And so I started creating like greeting cards for family members and giving it to them, seeing their faces light up. And, um, you know, looking back, I was like, there's an exchange that's happening here. I'm able to create something, give it to somebody else. And even if it's just a smile that happens, I'm able to impact their world Mm -hmm. uh, through what I create. And I was like, I need to do more of this, right? And so that led me to art school, that led me to going to graphic design, because of course, there's the conversations with parents that are like, you want to be an artist? Are you sure? You don't want to be a doctor, a lawyer, something that makes money, right? You know, those kind of things. And so I was like, no, I'm pretty stubborn. Um, I want to go to art school. And so the the happy medium there was, well, at least do something that can make you money that is you know commercially viable. So graphic design was where we landed. Was in the field of, of that uh, different agencies over the years. 
various roles, art directors, uh, you know, senior design positions, all, all sorts of stuff. And um, through all that, it kind of led me to this place where, honestly, I got burned out. Mm. Um, I hit a wall and I felt like I was part of this creative machine at the point at which I was working for a magazine. So every two weeks was a deadline. We're mm. cranking out this work. Great people, uh, short commute, like everything should have been great. And, and like everyone would have looked from the outside saying like, man, this is, this is good. This is like, you've reached something here. Um, and all that was true, but because of the, the rate at which I was creating and, um, I, I just, I burned out. Mm. I wasn't able to enjoy what I was doing to the level where I really felt like I was making a difference. And that's what really started to make things unravel a bit. <clears throat> and so there was another part of me that was very much people oriented, uh, you know, in, in service, uh, volunteer service and other types of things, you know, with, with my home church and things. And so I actually left graphic design. I went into full-time ministry uh, for about 10 years. And um, that was a whole other chapter, a whole other <laughs> experience. Um, but during those 10 years in ministry, I actually didn't do anything creative. Like, I mean, I have, you know, little things where I'd flirt with it, but overall there was really nothing that was a creative practice that was happening. And I didn't realize how important that was for me to listen to my own wiring mm. and how important it was for me to show up as who I was created to be. And so denying that for 10 years, ultimately that led me to a place of depression. Mm. And it was a season where it was like rock bottom. Um, you know, events kind of all came together to lead me to this place where I was like, I need to leave ministry because I'm depressed. Um, I, I can't help other people. I can't even help myself. You know, uh, I feel chewed up from ministry world. I feel a little left behind from design world because I've been out of it for 10 years. Where does that leave me? Like, mm. where do I go from here? Right. Um, really wrestling with those kind of things internally, trying to get some mental health. And on top of that, um, had to move, had to leave uh, our community, um, had to sell our home, had to, you know, just thing after thing after thing. And then finally, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and passed away quickly. <sighs> And I'm sitting there in this heap of ashes and going like, how did this become life? Ugh. Like what happened? I, I, this wasn't in the brochure, you know, this wasn't planned at all, but here I am. And what do I do now? And it, it really was at that point where I kind of felt like I heard this voice saying, come back to your own art and creativity. Mm. And as I sat with that question, it was really uncomfortable because I, my immediate thought was, is it even possible? Like, I haven't done anything in 10 years, and I'm depressed, and life is upside down and on fire. What good is that going to do, even if I can manage to do it? But I, I thankfully listened to that voice, and it led me to this idea of a 365-day art-making journey that I mm. heard about. And it was intimidating because I'm thinking, well, I haven't shown up in the past 10 years. How can I show up every single day for the next year, right? But I quickly realized that I work well with projects, right? Mm. That's from my design background. Um, you know, the every two weeks thing, right? That actually came in handy this time. And I broke <laughs> things down into smaller bite sizes. And I was like, let's just see what happens. Let's, let's do what I can do. What I can do is show up for 10, maybe 15 minutes a day, all I can manage energy wise, and just get my sketchbook and get a pen, started sketching, 
my first sketch was this awful Starbucks coffee cup that it's highly embarrassing because the, the proportions are off. It's just, you know, someone would look at that and go like, oh, so you went to art school. Good. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. know? But it was day one and I knew this was part of a larger journey. And so I kept leaning in and trying and experimenting and playing and giving myself a place to just be creatively. And what happened was it eventually unfolded into finding my voice, finding my style, uh, uncovering a, a process that I realized wasn't just for me, but that's for other people. And all of this emerged out of me just showing up every single day mm. and going, I'm going to create something. I may not know what, but I know I'm going to do something. I'm going to take action and clarity is going to follow action. And that's exactly what happens. So um, now I'm like in my 12th year of, of doing this, by the way, and um, it just continues to grow and, and evolve and has included more things of writing, not just visual art at this point. Um, but all of that to say, you know, my life has been a life of making, creating and connecting. And regardless of whatever that looked like, regardless of if it was visual art or if it was a spoken word or if it's written word or if it was creating an environment, um, creating the life that I wanted to envision, you know, for myself, um, creating connections for other people, like all of it is based in the same thing. And it's all when I finally realized that, like, I'm not, quote, just a, a, an artist. I'm not just a visual artist. A lot of people could look at that and go. Well, it's easy for you because you know you've been doing art since you were a kid and i'm right. like that's one flavor of this but really creativity is so much bigger than that and that's where i started to really explore what does creativity look like not just for me but for other people mm. and how can we make this fun because so much of what we do is you know quote work and work always has to be hard we always have to break through brick walls what if it was fun what would right. that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I love that. I love that. And like speaking of art, the art behind you, right? These are personal pieces that you did as well, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. I mean, that's, that's all, you know, things that I was like, let me play, let me experiment. Let me follow some things that are passion projects. And some of those things are just, you know, things that I hang on my wall. Some of the things are products that I sell or, you know, that's the thing about creativity, right? Like it's just start making things. And yeah. then once you start making, then you figure out, okay, what can I do with this? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, we were both at the thing conference back in November and, uh, you know, following along with their social media. And then all of a sudden I see, you know, the graphics or the images that you made for the speakers. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like this is, you know, incredible. And then that read, led me down the rabbit hole to, you know, finding out about your book. So kind of walk yeah. with us, you know, for here, where did, <clears throat> I, I know you just kind of touched on pieces of it, you know, in your story, but when did you decide, okay, Hey, I've got to, I got to put this together in a book and you know, how did, how did it come across, you know, how did it come apart for you to, you know, really help others make fun a habit? Yeah. So it's funny because I wasn't intentionally setting out to write this book. Uh, <laughs> Last June, at the time of this recording, I was at an event. It was the Thing event, but it was like the the one that was in Nashville. And the event had wrapped, and I'm sitting around with some people there, and Terry Weaver, who's one of the guys, you know, he's the guy who runs the thing, sitting at his house around a table, and we started just talking about some things. And and this idea came up about um, writing this book, and I was kind of like, you know, 
other books that I've done in the past, they've been illustrated books. And that's been a little bit safe for me because I can lean heavily on my visual art. Mm. But there was something that was a little intimidating for me <laughs> to, to step out of that and go, okay, yes, there's some sketches and illustrations in this book, but predominantly it's written word. And for me to feel confident enough in my abilities to communicate through written word and go like, you know, is anyone actually going to like read this? Is this going to be like understandable? Is this, you know, like yeah. you the self-doubt kicks in big time. So this conversation is starting to take form and I'm going, okay, what would this look like? And so we kind of came up with a, an outline of some, you know, topical ideas of what the chapters could be. And um, the way that, that it, it formed was, I, I knew I wanted it to be something that was more of like a reference manual, right? Mm. Not just a book that you read from cover to cover. Um, so you can jump in at any point, you can revisit things at different points in your life because something may have a different context. You may be ready for something when you weren't previously. Um, and so the two important things for me is inspiration and application. And so that's what speaks to me. And that's what I wanted to do in this book was I wanted to inspire people, but then also give them practical steps of actually putting this into practice. So once I had my list of topics and my ideas, I then set out to go, okay, my daily creative habit is now going to kick in. And every single day I'm going to write and see where we go with this. And I gave myself the challenge of writing a chapter every single day. Mm. And so these are, you know, short chapters, but there's still enough of personal story and, and things that I needed to, you know, expand upon. <clears throat> and then giving, again, specific questions to prompt people with and some exercises. And so what I started to do is I, I got into a rhythm and a habit of showing up for 30 days mm. and going, I'm going to do after each day. And a lot of this book, honestly, was written as I was <clears throat> walking around in my neighborhood or in a park. I was on my phone and utilizing the, the you know, notes section or, you know, Google Docs. And as I'm walking, as I'm getting exercises, I'm, I'm just getting my body moving and, and, you know, I'm finding that my mind is free and my mind is free to focus on this stuff that didn't then also become something on my do list where I had to go, ah, oh, I need to rearrange my calendar, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I set that challenge. I ended up doing that <clears throat> and um, 30 days it was done. And then I said, okay, I'm a designer. So I need to design it myself, of course, <laughs> you know, do um, the illustrations myself and do all the production and everything. And so, you know, it, it all kind of came together fairly quickly. And um, it even kind of surprised me mm. as far as what happened and how fast things happened and how it's resonated with people. Because I think, you know, I speak about creativity and a lot of people go, well, I'm not creative, right? They see the visual art and that's a liability for me. And they go, you know, I'm just not creative. And they say, really what they're saying is I'm not gifted in the arts. Mm. I can't draw, I can't paint, I can't sing, I can't dance, et cetera. And I'm like, no, 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 creativity is so much bigger than that. But because there's that conversation and that creativity is a loaded word for some people, fun, that doesn't have the same kind of context for people, right? Fun is available to everybody. Everybody likes to have fun, right? So then it becomes a different conversation. It becomes, when was the last time you had fun? Like, when were you intentional about fun? When was fun not just like the reward at the end of the process, but actually something part of the process? Yep. And that's when people start leaning in and going, oh, well, that's, that's very different. Yeah. Um, and creativity is a part of that. And creativity is a tool of that, but 
fun, I think, is, is a universal thing. We all want enjoyment out of our existence here, out of life, you know, out of the work we do. We want to know that, that we're making a difference and we want to enjoy. We want pleasure. And so um, talking about these things, I think, has been really important, especially in light of, you know, pandemic and, and the changing world and the headlines and all the rest of that stuff as well. Um, people, I think, are ready for some hope and some positivity, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And it's, it's, it's so difficult at times. I'm, I'm someone who's always leaned in, appreciated laughter, love to have fun, love to lighten up the room. I just have always, you know, been that kind of person. I'm a storyteller. So, you know, love to, and, you know, eventually sometimes it will happen. I'll, I'll, I'll cross some, you know, humor lines and, you know, say things that are funny (laughs) in my head and, you know, uh, but you know, work, so, so many, so many work offices, so many teams, right? There's so much on the line. There's so much pressure. They got deadlines yeah. and fun and laughter and celebration and creativity really starts to just escape. And then they wake up one day and wonder why all their people are running around. Nobody looks like they enjoy it. Nobody has smiled mm-hmm. in forever. You know, what do you, what do you say to those kind of teams that, you know, just don't see the, you know, the, the beauty and fun or the, the potential, you know, return on investment? You know, how can they start yeah. to turn the ship a little bit and add some of that to their team culture? Yeah, I think you hit it right. That it's it's addressing head on the fact that most people think that fun is frivolous. Mm. It's child play. It's something that's done when you're doing a hobby on the weekend. But there's really no place for that in the workplace because the workplace is all about productivity. It's about progress. It's about the bottom line. It's about drive harder, faster, better, more. And yet we're not able to sustain that as people, right? Because Mm. we're not wired for 24-7 hustle. Mm. And what will happen is either we'll we'll burn out, uh, we will feel underappreciated, and we will look for opportunity to leave. Um, we will fall out of love or burn out to the point at which I've seen people, you know, leave complete industries that mm. they've been in for years and years because they're like, this isn't working anymore. Like I, I get the, the corporate goals. I get the job descriptions. But personally speaking, as me as an individual showing up, fulfilling this role, this is not working anymore. And so the turnover rate can be huge. And you want to talk about, okay, bottom line and investment now, the, the, the amount of energy, effort, and money that a company has to sink into when someone leaves and they have to hire somebody else and go through the paces of finding somebody and then training that person and getting them on the team and getting them acclimated and all the rest of that. And then again, hopefully that person doesn't leave again too. So, you know, there is more at stake than just oh, let's throw some confetti around and blow up some balloons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's not necessarily the kind of fun that I'm talking about, right? It could be, but that's not the only kind of fun. I think fun can be when someone is actually engaged and invested in what they're doing because there's enjoyment. Mm. And what company doesn't want their employees to enjoy what they're doing? right? Because if somebody enjoys what they're doing, they're going to show up more fully engaged. They're going to bring better ideas. They're going to invest more of themselves into the mission and the company and what it is that's happening. So 
that's where I really try to get to in those conversations when I'm talking with organizations, corporations, you know, is to say, you know, again, we're not talking about, you know, having a party and throwing confetti. We're talking about something that is actually much deeper than that. Right. And also to realize that fun, we all have different, different definitions of fun. Right. Some people like skydiving. That's their idea of fun. I would never skydive. I'm afraid of heights. Some people like the silly, zany, throw confetti around, clown nose stuff. Other people are like, that is so far from fun. That's like, you know, um, that, that seems, you want know, to talk about frivolous, right? They're like, I, I would never go there. I was brought up to be more distinguished, more refined, right? And so, but they still have fun. They still yeah. enjoy something. And so I think it's getting at the root of what does fun look like for you and how can you be more intentional about leaning into that and practicing that on a regular basis? Mm. Because again, too often we think about it in terms of it's the reward. It comes yep. after all the work. It comes when I retire, then I'll do that. Right. Instead of how can I build this into the process so that as I'm working, as I'm doing things, as I'm living, I'm experiencing Oof. this enjoyment. I'm experiencing this fun. So I have a better quality of life. Right. And so that I'm not just setting myself up for the one day, yeah. but the one day is actually today and then right. tomorrow and the next day. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I, I think a byproduct of fun is laughter. And it's amazing mm -hmm. to me, especially as a communicator, if I can help people laugh, especially as a leader, if I can help people laugh, the trust that's built uh, through laughter is just incredible. I mean, it's, it is, yeah. you know, I've, I've had speaking events where I've, you know, had people laughing and all that. And then they come up to me and share these deeply personal stories. They don't know me at all, but they feel like they know me because we laugh together. Yes. What, what, do you, what, what wisdom, what encouragement would you give a leader who maybe is leading a team and, you know, laughter doesn't come easy to him, but he want he wants fun and laughter to kind of be a part of their culture. What are some what are some habits he could be doing, you know, to kind of lean into that? Yeah, I think you know the first thing is is acknowledging it, right? Mm. Is is and and looking for it, um, having kind of an internal audit of what does fun look like for me? What do I consider funny? Um, and how can I start to gather some resources that can help me in that? Um, now, again, if, it, if it's a workplace thing, you know, maybe it's an offsite that you do with a team and you do something that seems like it's going to be, you know, maybe a little silly. Maybe it's, you know, the bowling outing or, um, you know, some you go to a movie together. That's a comedy movie. I mean, I think it's it's doing something where you can kind of let the pressure off and allow for some space allow for some conversation because, you know, the, the times at which I think people get a little squirrely is when they try to force fun mm. and nobody likes forced fun because it doesn't seem like it's like, yep. you can't force fun. Right? Like I've known some people who thought that they, they were like, yeah, I should do stand up, you know, comedy. I should, you know, I'm a funny person. And then they're just trying too hard. Right. Um, right. And then you're kind of like, uh, I hate to tell you this, but that's not really, you know, you're, you're missing the mark. It doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. Um, and, and I think funny and fun and laughter comes from a place uh, that's more pure. Yep. Um, and, and in order to get to that place, I think you need some space. You need some margin. Mm. And realizing that, um, you know, you need room for 
um, improv. You need mm. room for happenstance. And sometimes that's scary for people because that's hard to measure. Yeah. Um, and you can't control it. Yeah. And so that's what sometimes steers people away from it. And they want to schedule everything out and kind of control everything that they can. You know? mm. Absolutely. You know, um, we talk a lot on this podcast about uh, communication, obviously, whether it's one-on-one to a team from a stage or from a screen. So, you know, we hope that this podcast really helps uh, leaders develop into well-rounded, healthy communicators. And I think sometimes people think, well, I can't be fun with my communication because I'm just not, like you said, I'm just not a naturally funny person, you know, but, but there, it's so much more than, you know, those funny one-liners, those quick, quick comments, all of those kind of things. How do you think just even valuing fun, making, you know, that a value in your life every day of making fun a habit, you know, adding that kind of creativity, how will that improve someone's overall communication skills? I mean, give us some of those benefits for, for leaders that are, you know, wanting to do that. Yeah. So are you talking in terms of like, how does it benefit you personally or how does yeah. it benefit the people? Yeah. That you're trying to we'll start with, yeah. How does it benefit you personally? So I think personally, when you are learning to lean into fun, you're going to feel more fulfilled. You're going to feel more uh, enjoyment, right? And again, more engaged. Mm. And I think it feeds a sense of curiosity. Um, yep. I know it has for me. And I wasn't always that way because there was a lot of fear blocking curiosity. Mm. Um but once I learned the value of being curious, following that, and that leading to a place of play and experimentation and going like, there's possibilities here. There may be things that I can get to that I would never get to otherwise, mm. unless I followed that curiosity. And learning to, to link that curiosity to fun and play and enjoyment as opposed to fear. Um, and so when, for me personally, when I start to do that, it unlocked a whole other world for me. And it, it enabled me to think more about what was actually possible for me and gave me the ability to lean in with some confidence to do some things and have some creative projects and, and you know, um, attempt some things that I would never have done otherwise because I would have been blocked by fear yep. uh, or, or imposter syndrome over all those things. And then I think just on, on a day-to-day -day level, like everyone has things that they have to do that aren't fun, right? Mm, I'm not right. suggesting that we just paint on a smile and pretend like everything is fun and, you yeah. know, by no means. Um, but what I am saying is that mm. it, it, look for the fun. Yeah. Make fun in places where maybe sometimes it's not obvious. Um, sometimes that's putting on a playlist, right? A music that helps change your mood. Yes. Instead of complaining and sighing loudly as you're doing a certain task, yep. put on some music that can change your mood. And you'd be surprised how, you know, maybe it's not like a 10 on the fun level, but maybe it's at least a three and it's better than zero, which was where you were, you know, doing small things like that, or even like along the lines of curiosity, um, not always following the same route home or mm. when you go certain places. Yes. Like take, take it a, a moment and go, what happens if I go down this other road? Like I've lived in this neighborhood X amount of years, whatever. I know roughly what's around, whatever, but yep. you never know what you might discover. Mm. You never know who you might bump into. You never know 
what may unfold simply because you've put yourself in a different environment. And I think that's, that's what fun does. It opens you up. It, it starts to bring about possibility. And mm. without that, things become very boring, very stagnant. Um, things become very task driven. Yep. Right. And even for me as someone who is like, I, I have achiever in me, right. So I want to do, I want to accomplish, but if I'm not careful, that can be the driver of the bus and we can just be passing so many opportunities. We can be passing so many different points at which I could have been having some fun that could have led me to actually new breakthroughs. Mm. But because I was so dogged about getting to a certain destination at a certain time, I missed out. And so I think fun opens you up to all those things on a personal level. And then you bring that to the people that you're around, the people you work with, the people you live with. Like you show up better because you feel better about yourself, about your existence. You're, there's more enjoyment. And wherever you go, there you are, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I love that. Let me, let me, um, let me turn the corner a little bit just because I'd – I'd be disappointed in myself if I didn't ask you more creativity questions because you, I mean, you sure. do a lot with you know helping teams be creative and all that. So, if I'm if I'm just a part of a team, you know, I'm not the team leader, but at work, okay, I've been assigned to this team. We've got to develop this project, and we're we're trying to we're trying to get new ideas for it. We're trying to you know up the creativity, but it's not going anywhere. You know, what mm -hmm. are some of the habits, the things that you've uh, learned in the past that kind of help the teams kind of you know, get rolling that way. Yeah. I think the first thing is making sure that you're creating a safe environment for people mm. to share ideas Yeah, because no one is going to share anything if they feel like they're going to suggest something and people are going to immediately roll out judgment. Um, so realize that brainstorming is a separate process than revision. Mm. Um, yes. It's kind of like in writing when people try to write their ideas and edit and revise in the same sitting, you end up just going round and round and round and you really don't have much to show for yourself because you yep. keep self editing. You never get to a point to, to let something sit long enough to go, all right, let me come back to this with fresh eyes. Yep. And so setting a, an environment where people can come and there's no bad idea, there's no judgment yep. and just start getting things rolling. Now I do this also, I have this exercise that I do with, with some teams and I try to take it out of the specific problem they're trying to solve at the moment. And I dial it back to something that seems a little silly. And the reason I do that is because it takes the pressure off mm -hmm. because we're so fixated on trying to solve the problem, solve the problem, solve the problem that sometimes we solve the problem actually when we stop trying to solve the problem. We give ourselves the space and the ability. That's why we have ideas in the shower. That's why ideas come on walks and things, mm. right? Because there's space. Yes. We're letting our brains actually rest and not keep pushing at the problem. And so in the beginning of some of these meetings, sometimes I'll have them do an exercise that seems like it's totally not connected at all, but it's simply to just get things flowing and get people laughing and get people to lower their guards so that we can get to the good stuff. Because if everybody goes into a meeting and they're all tense and they're all worried and they're all like, mm, I don't know, I don't want to share this idea. What if somebody steals it? What if it's dumb? What if, what if, what if, what if we need to, to, to kind of distill that, right? And get that out of the way and go, okay, now what can we do? What's mm -hmm. possible? Yep. Blue sky. We're on the whiteboard here, writing stuff down. Let's see what comes and then start looking for connections, start yeah. looking for patterns, start looking for what can build upon. 
Um, but you have to have something there to begin with. Right? Yeah. And so um, it's all about learning how to tap into that as an individual and then also mm -hmm. as a team, realizing that people on your team are going to have different strengths and weaknesses yeah. and going like, okay, I'm really excited about this idea, but somebody else is going to be able to have the ability to ask some questions about it because they don't feel as excited maybe, or they're looking at it from a more analytical standpoint. And that's just as valuable, right? And so everybody having a place on the team, everybody contributing towards what their strengths are so that we're all going in the same place. We all want to get there. And then it's learning how do we navigate that so that the environment feels safe and it feels encouraging and we're getting the best yep. together. Ooh. Oh, so good. That's so good. Uh, my goodness. I mean, thank you. Like this has been such great wisdom and advice before, before I let you go, I want to hit you with yeah. some rapid fire questions. Uh, just would love to hear, you know, kind of what you think, uh, when it comes to, we talk about speaking a lot in this podcast, when it comes to a speaker who, uh, you know, for you, you could listen to all day long, someone that just kind of, you know, fills your bucket, you know, just captivates you. Who, who would you recommend when it comes to that speaker? Yeah, I would say, uh, I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to give you two. Uh, the first one, you know, I mentioned I was in the ministry world, but uh, he's, he's a great leadership guy too, Andy Stanley. Okay. And yep. uh, I think who listens to Andy Stanley, even outside the context of his, you know, messages for church, realizes very quickly that there's a lot of wisdom there. And um, even the way that he uh, crafts messages, you know, he wrote a book a while back, um, I forget the exact title, but it's basically, you know, creating communication. And it, it really impacted me uh, mm. on a ministry level first where I was speaking regularly. And then outside of that, realizing like, oh, the way I craft this message, the way that I weave in personal stories and yep. not just have it be about the big ideas, um, leaving room for questions and tensions and things like that was, was huge. So I always love to listen to him. Uh, and then the second one would be Brene Brown. Um, <sighs> I love her ability to just weave together something that makes you laugh and punches you in the gut at the same time, right? I mean, I always walk away from listening to her with not just insights, but having been challenged and also having felt like I met with somebody on a personal level, which that is a huge skill. Um, and so I would highly recommend those two people. I love it. I love it. So along that then, when it comes to a book that you'd recommend, you know, every, every leader, creative type, you've got to read this book. It's got to be on your shelf. What do you think? Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit outside the norm here. Uh, and I'm going to actually suggest this book called the artist way by Julia hmm. Cameron. And some people might automatically say, well, I'm not an artist. Therefore I'm not reading this book. Right. I would say you'd be doing yourself a disservice because hmm. the book is really about, getting in touch with yourself in terms of your own abilities, what you want to create, like how you want to live and relate to yourself. It talks about some things that like um, morning pages where you basically get up and you just start writing three pages in the morning first thing so that mm. you're, you're not editing, you're not judging, you're not you're just kind of stream of conscious, like here, I'm just writing, getting things flowing. And that opening up this ability for us to tap into some deeper things that we wouldn't get to without that process. Uh, also things of, of what she calls going on an artist date, which basically just means that you're taking yourself someplace that you enjoy mm. uh, and, and spending time with yourself by yourself 
in an environment that really feeds you. And I think that's really important because we can only keep pouring out so much before, you know, we need to have something replenished. I love that. Is there a podcast or YouTube channel that just fills your bucket, uh, either your guilty pleasure or your development bucket, but one that you'd recommend? Ooh, um, I, I love podcasts, honestly. Uh, I, I have a tendency to devour some things and then change things up a little bit. So um, there are probably a myriad uh, of ones that I could recommend, but one I'm listening to right now, it's more of a guilty pleasure, is Smartless. Hmm. Um, it's it's Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. Oh, yes. And, um, yeah, and Will Arnett. And uh, these three guys get on this podcast and the the dynamics of their relationship, of how they just talk and relate to each other, it's just, it's hysterical. And then they'll have a surprise guest on, like one guy set up the the celebrity interview, if you will, and the other guys didn't know who was coming in. And then they just come and they talk about whatever this person's you know up to. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell us where we can send our listeners online. We'll put this stuff in our show notes and in our, our community Facebook group so people can access all of that. So but where, where's the best place to find you online? Yes. So the best and easiest place is if you go to mikebrennan.me, M-E. That's kind of the hub for all things. Uh, you can go from there to my illustration, to my live event sketching, to my speaking, to my podcast, Creative Chats, uh, the books. All the stuff is kind of there and uh, links out to my socials as well. I love it. I love it. Mike, thank you so much. Again, the book is Make Fun a Habit. Uh, I love, I loved it, read it cover to cover uh, on a flight and it was just, I just kept shaking my head. Yes. And yes. And yes. So thank you so much for providing this uh, for leaders and for uh, people to be able to do that. And thanks for this time. Really appreciate this uh, conversation. Look forward to connecting more in the future. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Speak With People podcast. We hope that you were encouraged. We hope that you were inspired and challenged to improve your communication skills. I want to thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast community. Make sure you don't miss out on being a part of the Speak With People Facebook community group. Just head to Facebook, type in Speak With People, scroll down and join our community because every single day we're encouraging each other. We're helping each other to improve our communication skills. Thanks again. Again, and we'll see you in the next episode.